0: I'm Bob Maine. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World podcast. And welcome to episode 572. This is a practical show done by a practical guy. And that is me. This is Sunday, November 14th, 2021. Thanks for tuning in. So I want to talk a little bit about grip. Gripping a handgun. I've talked about this before. I've done episodes about it before. But I wanted to revisit it. And the reason I want to do this is because a Patreon member asked me to talk about this subject. So I'm also going to make a video that's going to be put up on my YouTube channel for this. And I'm going to make a special video for everybody that subscribes to Patreon or Shooters Club. So two videos are going to come after this because it's, it's an important topic, especially for new shooters. And then you'll see, the, you'll see the videos. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about it the best I can here on this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Keeper's Concealment, the leading authorities on appendix carry. Appendix carry is very popular these days. I see it all the time. The holster and the belt combination is absolutely the most important thing to remember. And the Keeper's holsters, especially... Hit all of his appendix carry rigs. They're second to none. I own two of them and I use them frequently. So check them out, keepersconcealment.com. And also, you got to have CCW Safe Legal Protection. You have to have that if you're going to be carrying a gun for self defense. So you can get a discount by using the coupon code KC10OFF. KC10OFF. You get a 10% discount signing up for CCW Safe. All right, I want to talk about grip. Grip is ex- extremely important now, especially for new shooters. New shooters, I've seen a lot of them grip the gun wrong, and that's just probably because they haven't been taught the proper way to do it. Now, I could get a lot of arguments on this and how to grip a gun, how to grip a handgun. I'm probably going to get a lot of arguments on this. That's okay. I don't mind getting arguments on it. This, I'm, I'm talking about my personal preference. If some of you have another preference, I would love to hear it. You can voicemail me 210 646 You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. I always start a post on Facebook and on Twitter and on MeWe for all of my episodes. So you can leave a Facebook comment on there. I think there's some important, some important things, especially for new shooters, to remember. But even some of you who are not new shooters, you might, you might get something out of this. I'm not by any means considering myself an expert. I would only consider myself an above average shooter. That's it. However, I am going to say this, that uh, the grip that I'm talking about, that I'm going to talk about in this episode, I've been using for a long, long time. And I've tried a lot of different grips. And this one that I'm going to talk about works the best for me. I first of all want to talk about some things throughout all of the instruction that I've done. I've been teaching uh, the art of using a handgun. I've been teaching it now since 2011, 10 years. Taught many, many people. Now, there are instructors out there better than I am that have more experience than I do. I'm just going to kind of give you the the everyday man's version here that has worked for me i want to talk about the mechanical parts of the gun i want to start about start with that that contribute to a good grip or not i want to talk about the mechanical parts of the gun that help you grip the gun in a better way these are features i believe you need to have on a handgun if your handgun doesn't already have it then I would suggest that you either modify your gun if it's the best, you know, if it's a gun you're going to keep, or get a, diff- get a different handgun that, that fits better. First of all, uh, most of you know I've shot Glocks for years, but I'm going to talk about several different guns. I want to start though with Glocks. There are things like finger grooves and grip texture. And trigger guards and beaver tails and things like that that help you grip the gun better. The older Glocks, uh, specifically the third and the fourth generation Glock pistols, have finger grooves. And most of the time, finger grooves are annoying for some people. I have seen people get a better grip and shoot better without finger grooves. However, for me, they've worked just fine. I have no problem with the finger grooves on a Glock handgun. For those of you that shoot non-Glocks, if you shoot an M&P, if you shoot an XD, if you shoot a SIG P320 series, if you shoot a 1911, I'm talking all semi-automatics right now, even most revolvers, then finger grooves not going to be a a problem for you. It seems that mostly Glock puts two or three finger grooves on the front of their grips. And I would take those off of there if they don't fit you. Because that could be, it could be, you know, compromising the grip. See, the grip you have on the gun, the positive grip that doesn't let the gun move, that's so important in accuracy. In other words, having a good grip. On there with all your strength but also being able to control the handgun is a big deal and if the finger grooves irritate you and do not allow for that they're easy to take off if you have a dremel tool you can take them off if you don't trust yourself go to almost any gunsmith and they'll know how to take the the finger grooves off and while they're doing that While they're taking the finger grooves off, have them add some texture to the front strap. Uh, I did that with my third generation Glock 19. You know what I did is I actually bought another frame for my third gen G19. Then I went and I had that frame modified. Once I got it modified to the way I wanted it, then I put the upper from my Gen 3 G19 onto my nice modified lower for a g19 and i created the gun that i wanted with the grip that i wanted that allows me to go back to the standard factory grip if i want to but if you, if you have a, a, like a glock 19 or a glock 17 or even a glock 34 and it's a third generation or fourth generation if you want to take those uh, keep the gun if you want to keep the gun take those finger grooves off and add some texturing texturing on the front is so important For those of you who shoot 1911s, you know there's a lot of 1911s out there that that come textured. And then there's a lot of them that don't. And back when I had 1911s and I used to follow a lot of other people who were shooting 1911s, I used to see people put a piece of skateboard tape on the front strap. That's the front of the grip. To give them a much more positive... I hate using the word purchase okay (laughs) I'm gonna say grip just to give them a much more positive grip on the front strap good idea put the skateboard tape on there um, if it's not already textured if you shoot a gun with a polymer frame texture that to your liking that's a that's a huge deal also uh, the back strap texturing the back strap is important and uh, I highly recommend Te- texturing the back strap the side panels of the grip you know I don't think those are as important as the front and the back of the grip on the on the gun that I modified to make the grip exactly the way I want and also uh, to w- that I carry a lot I carry that gun I left the side panels just the way they are they're nice and smooth on a gun, on on a Glock gun. And I I prefer that because, uh, especially on the left side of the gun, because that's the part that touches my body when I'm carrying it. And I don't want that rough texturing. I don't want that uh, cutting into my skin and rubbing it raw. I've seen people that have actually sanded down, if they have a gun with a grip that has texturing on the side panels, I've seen them actually sand down and smooth the side that touches their body. That's uh, not a bad idea. Now, one of the reasons I've switched to Shadow Systems pistols and why I like them so much is because of the Beaver Tail. I think Beaver Tail's It helps your grip. It helps you maintain a good grip. One of the things about beaver tails is it lets you grip the gun as high as you can. Now, when I say get a high grip, for you new shooters, this is what I'm talking about. Get your hand up on the tang, up high on the grip, as high as you possibly can. Uh, With a beaver tail on your gun, it kind of just, it seems to lock your hand in place. Uh, Man, especially the way Shadow Systems has done the Beaver Tail on their guns. Uh, It just locks my hand right in there. Locking it in place is extremely important, in my opinion. Because, again, it's easier for me to stop the gun from moving. You know, when I interviewed Spencer Keepers, he did an interview with me called Pure Shooting. Pure Shooting. You can find it on the Shooters Club Pretty soon for some of my select Patreon members, I'm going to put that on Patreon for some of the higher tier members. One thing that I specifically remember Spencer talking about is you got to press the trigger and don't let the sites move. And it's pretty much that simple. Now, that's the simple part of it. Press the trigger. Don't let the sites move. Now there's a lot of different reasons why your sights might move. Maybe you're jerking the trigger, all right. Maybe your your grip is shaky. Maybe it's you know you're not, and for a lot of reasons it could be it could be shaky. Uh, the gun might be too slippery. It might be slipping out of your hands. But having a good locked-in grip is so important. And of course you got to kind of choke the crap out of the gun also for you new shooters. All right? Put your handgun in your shooting hand for me it's my right hand. Put your left hand on the gun and act like you want to squeeze the crap out of your gun. Act like you want to choke it. Okay? Uh you know how would you how would you do that let's say you wanted to choke your gun and you know, that's that's kind of like how I can audio uh, verbally describe the grip you got to get a good grip on the gun and and keep hold of it now another mechanical part that I think is very important for your grip I call them gas pedals Some people call them textured thumb pads. I don't care what name you want to give it. It's the part where your weak hand thumb touches the frame. I'm a big fan of a thumbs forward grip. In other words, your thumbs are pointed towards the target. Your thumbs are not pointed straight up in the air, and your thumbs are not curled downward. I have found, I've experimented with this many times. I've experimented with this so many times. And in classes, when I have taught students that don't really have a good grip, when I teach them the thumbs forward, basically a thumbs forward combat grip, and I teach them how to lock their hands on that pistol, in sh- their shooting improves drastically. I mean a huge improvement once they get the grip down. And when you put your let me for me it's my, my non-dominant hand, when I put my left hand on the pistol, There's a couple things I want to feel with my left hand. Where my thumb rests on the front of the frame, I want to feel texturing there. I want to feel a little ledge and I want to feel texturing. Go to Shadow Systems' website. You'll see what I'm talking about. Shadowsystems.com Go there and look at the MR920 or the DR920 Elite. Look at those. You'll see what I'm talking about just forward of the trigger guard on the frame just behind the rail I call them gas pedals. some people call them thumb rests whatever those should be textured those should be textured so that it gives you an index point and it helps you that helps control recoil that that helps control recoil a lot so I think that's a mechanical thing that is very very helpful See, we got the beaver tail. We got the textured back strap, the textured front strap, and the textured gas pedal. Another thing on compact guns for me... Now, what I'm talking about doesn't work for everybody because everybody has different hand sizes, right? For my hand size, I would describe it as a medium size. I get benefit from putting a magwell on a compact gun. I don't get much benefit from a magwell on a larger gun. On my Glock 34 and on my Shadow Systems DR920, which is basically the Glock 17 size, I don't put a magwell because it doesn't help me much. For me, the magwell helps with grip. The magwell is supposed to help with reloading, supposed to make it easier, and I suppose it probably does. I suppose it probably does. I probably should put the magwell on my larger guns anyway. Because it does help in reloading. But where it really helps me on a small gun. Especially a medium sized gun. It, it helps me really get a good grip. Because the magwell sticks out from the edge of the grip. On the front and on the sides. Just enough to help me grip the gun better. I've had other people shoot my guns. And they've said the same thing. Oh that magwell helps Bob. It It's good. Yeah it's good. So. If you can put a magwell on your gun and it helps you with your grip, it may also help you with your with your weak hand locking that on to the uh, grip. So that's something to consider. It's amazing, but the more you can the more you can assist yourself, you can make the gun assist you in getting a really good grip, the better off you are. But Thumbs forward grip. Don't take your left hand and put it and rest it on the bottom of the grip. Don't do that. Kind of like a teacup and saucer kind of grip. You you can't control the gun that way. Your gun's going to be all over the place and it's going to be very difficult to be accurate. I've seen people do that before. Don't wrap your left thumb around the back of the slide either. You'll regret doing that if you do that because the slide is going to slam back and it's going to cut your thumb open. So, be careful. Don't, don't wrap your, your left-handed thumb around the back of the, um, the gun. Uh, you're, you're not going to like that. If you're a left-hander, don't do that with your right-hand thumb. Let's see. What else can I talk about as far as a grip? So, if you're squeezing it hard, you got the thumbs forward going, it's going to take some practice. If you're not used to the thumbs forward, it's going to take some practice. Now I've seen some people that curl their thumbs down, both of them, their shooting thumb and their non-dominant hand. They curl it down. I don't know why they do that. I, for me, that's very uncomfortable. Some people seem to make it work, but I see no real benefit in doing that. Um, but if you can make that work, you know, curl your thumbs down. Maybe it helps some people get a better lock in. I don't know. Maybe it helps them. You know, grip the gun and lock and lock their grip into the gun to make it a little bit more stable. I don't know if that helps you. Then do it that way. It doesn't help me. I don't. I don't like to do it that way. Uh, Another thing I can talk about is you know. Well, here's what I'll what I won't I won't discuss. You know, some people say, well, you got to put sixty percent pressure with your strong hand and forty percent pressure with your weak hand, and forget that. I mean, for new shooters, it's a little bit difficult for them to always be concentrating, right? I mean, here's what I, here's what I see. People are struggling with that. Do I have 60% or do I have 70%? Now, with my weak hand, where am I? Am I at 30 or am I at 40 Forget that. You don't have time to think about all that stuff, especially if you have to use your gun in self-defense. Just grab it real strongly with both hands. Don't worry about how much pressure you're pulling back with your left hand and how much forward you're pushing with your right. I don't, by the way, I don't completely lock my elbows either. I leave my elbows slightly bent, just slightly bent. Very slightly. I can still control the gun and it kind of gives me shock absorbers. It kind of gives me shock absorbers to absorb some of the recoil a little bit. If locking your arms out works for you, Okay, if it works for you, do it. Be careful if you shoot a lot. You might get some tendinitis or pain in your elbows doing that. I'm not a big fan of that. But at least don't be putting your left hand on the bottom of the grip. That's one thing that, that I see that, that people make a mistake on. And uh, don't be afraid of your gun. I see a lot of people real timid with their grip because they're afraid the gun's not going to hurt, or that the gun's going to hurt them. The gun's not going to hurt you, not unless you're on the wrong side of the gun. Okay, if you're in front of the gun, or if any body parts in front of the gun, then yeah, it's going to hurt you. But if everything you've got is behind the gun, don't worry, it's not going to hurt you. New shooters, don't worry, it's not going to hurt you. If you're afraid of your gun, you haven't shot it enough. This all this should be reflexive, second nature. It should be just automatic, and there shouldn't be any fear in you when you shoot your handgun. Uh, there should be fear in the bad guy, not you. You need to practice. Here, here's something I guess I should have mentioned right in the beginning of this episode. You know, how do you get the right grip? You got to practice it like crazy. You got to practice a lot. You'll you'll be able to figure out if you got the wrong grip. How much is the gun moving under recoil? Now it's pretty tough to stop the gun completely from moving because of physics. Especially if you're shooting like a 40 or a 45. It's it's kind of tough for most people to stop it from recoiling. Even even me, I can't stop a nine millimeter from moving. I can't. I can't, especially if I'm shooting concealed carry loads, if I'm shooting my Federal HSTs, I can't stop those from recoiling, but I can minimize it. As much as possible. If you have a red dot on your gun, I guess I should say optic because there are good green dots now. If you have an optic on your pistol, watch that red dot. When you fire, just watch the red dot. That tells you how much control you have over your gun. If the red dot's flipping way up in the air and taking forever to come back down on target, you're not controlling your gun very well. If the, if, the, if the dot just pops up and comes right back down into your sight picture, then you have good control. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Your optic tells you everything you need to know. If your, if your optic's moving way to the left, well, guess what? Your grip's not very good and your trigger press sucks. And if it jerks to the right, your trigger press sucks and your grip is not very good. So, figure out what's that red dot doing when you fire the gun. If you have a training gun that has like a laser or something, watch what that laser does when you press the trigger without moving the sights. Again, what do you do? You press the trigger. Don't let the sights move. If they move, you got a problem. And it could be your grip. It could be your trigger press. It could be both. And quite likely it is both. But it does start with grip. You can have a a good trigger press. But if you got a lousy grip, you might get the first shot accurate. But after that, the gun's going to be flying all over your hands. Uh, and it's going to be hard for you to control it because you don't have a real good grip on it. You don't have your both your hands locked on that gun. And so you're, it's going to be hard to be accurate with follow-up shots. Watch a real good shooter. And watch them when they rapid fire. Just watch the front of their gun. Watch the muzzle. And ask yourself, how much how much muzzle flip is there? How much does the muzzle dance up and down? And good shooters, you're going to see it doesn't move much at all. And that's the goal. Now, we never perfect this. I don't have this perfected. It's, it's just some things that I found that work for me. And I'm always trying to perfect it. And I probably wouldn't perfect this unless I practiced 500 rounds a week. Unfortunately, I can't practice 500 rounds a week at least not right now maybe when I'm semi-retired or something like that and I got a little extra money I can practice 500 rounds a week but I can't but I would say that you should try to set a goal to practice 75 to 100 rounds per week now I'm talking mostly to new shooters I'm not really speaking to competition shooters right now or hardcore defensive training shooters I'm talking about new shooters, 75 to 100 rounds a week, at least until you get your technique improved. So that's a box and a half to two boxes every week. And I wouldn't try to practice every single day. I would try to practice once a week because when you go out and you practice, then you start thinking about, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And you can spend the whole week processing Everything, And you can go to Patreon slash Handgun World and you can watch some of my tips on shooting there. You can go to com, and you can watch Ben Branham and I. Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. A podcast you should listen to if you're not. You can watch both of us talk about all kinds of shooting techniques but also grip. We have a lot of videos on grip. And then you can go back to the range the next week and you can practice what you did the week before and what you learned from watching our videos and just keep on working on it. So, new shooters, there's some ideas for you. And I also want to mention that this show is also brought to you by Concealment Solutions, another one of my sponsors. They have great holsters also. I'm actually wearing one of their holsters right now. Cobra outside the waistband. I totally love them. They're great for concealment. I got my SIG P365 in a Cobra outside the waistband holster. Right now, concealmentsolutions.com. You get a 10% discount using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. HANDGUNWORLD, 10% discount, concealmentsolutions.com. Check them out. They make great belts also. Okay, so back to the subject of grip. Again, I'm a big fan of the thumbs forward grip. Be careful with your shooting hand thumb that you don't actually accidentally press the slide release. A lot of people do that sometimes. Their shooting hand thumb will accidentally press the slide release. If that's happening, you might want to install a different slide release so that you don't do that. Uh, I cannot use most extended slide stops or slide release button or levers. Most of them extended I can't because of that problem. And so my slide fails to lock back after the last shot. Now Shadow Systems does a great job with their extended slide release levers. They do a really good job. Uh, and I don't have that problem. But some people don't even use that. Some people use the overhand tug or the slingshot method, whatever name you want to give that. And to me, that's actually, I think, the kind of the kind of um, method you should use for chambering around. After you reload, when you're first starting to shoot, after you clear malfunctions. Because you can do it with any handgun. With any semi-automatic handgun, you can pull that slide back and let it go. And you can do that with any semi-automatic handgun. Where, you know, the slide release is in different positions on different guns. I mean, 1911s are different than SIGs, and they're different than Glocks, and they're different than XDs, and different than H&Ks, and Walthers. So, it's inconsistent where that slide lock... Why do I call it that? A slide release lever is located but you can always pull the slide back and let it slam forward on any on any semi-automatic handgun i would suggest that that doesn't have much to do with grip but i just thought i would throw that in there anyway again texturing is important texturing in the right spots fifth gen glocks are textured very nicely uh, I like the texturing on Gen 5 Glocks, and there's no finger grooves. M&P 2.0 Compacts, I think the texturing, it's good for shooting, but it's not very good for concealed carry. I found that my shirt and my undershirt, they get stuck on the grip a lot, and I have to sand it down to make it less less grippy. And then when I have to sand the grip down, it starts to to defeat the purpose of having a, a textured grip so i kind of think that's a feature that's not so good about m p 2.0s i found that the sig 320s have excellent grip texture i would add a little bit more on the thumb rests uh the xd's seem to have fairly decent grip texturing now when i say fairly decent i also mean texturing that doesn't rub your body if you're not wearing an undershirt the gen 5 glocks they really got that right they you can really get a good grip on a gen 5 glock because of the texturing but it's also the texturing is not going to bother you too much another place under the trigger guard i think is important to have texture and that's one criticism i got about my shadow systems pistol there's no texturing under the trigger guard they have texturing on the front of the trigger guard which i don't like Because, first of all, I don't wrap my index finger around the trigger guard. I think that's a grip mistake a lot of people make. I think it compromises. You think it can help you give more control on the gun? You think it can help you have more control? Normally, it doesn't. Normally, it doesn't. You might want to change that about your shooting style. If you wrap your weak hand index finger around the front of the grip, I personally don't think that's a good idea and i don't know why shadow systems put texturing on the front of the trigger guard i want it on the bottom i want it on the bottom of the trigger guard so i think i'm probably going to add texturing to this to the on the bottom of the trigger guard you can actually just put a little you know little uh skateboard tape down there that's skateboard tape that's not real rough but it also helps it helps you just lock in your grip it's going to help you lock in the index finger on your weak hand under the trigger guard if you got some texturing there so i'll probably what i'll probably do because i really don't want to touch this nicely designed frame on my shadow systems guns i'm probably just going to put some tape under there just a little bit it doesn't even have to be as wide as the trigger guard just something for me to index there so i can i can help lock my grip in just a little bit better and if your gun has that on the underside of the trigger guard hey that's great if it's not maybe you might want to put a little tape there i found that that helps me grip also it 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 helps kind of in a more of a way than you think undercutting the trigger guard let's talk about that undercutting the trigger guard glocks are bad with that glocks don't have enough undercut under the trigger guard It, first of all, creates greater comfort and it helps you once again. It helps you lock your grip into place. Undercut that. Get a professional to undercut that if yours does not have it. This Shadow Systems gun, these guns I have, they're great. They're really undercut. Walther's seem to have good undercuts. P320s seem to have really good undercuts. Uh, Some of the H&Ks do. I found that, that those guns... They do even some of the high-end 1911s. You'll notice that that where the trigger guard meets the front of the frame, that space right there where your where you're, your middle finger on your shooting hand. You know that middle finger that, that, that some people use, right? They use it for other things. They use it for Bronx cheers and for some other ways to say things. But uh, don't do that. But anyway, that middle finger. Yes, that one. That's the one I'm talking about. On your shooting hand, where that wraps around and where that meets the trigger guard, put some undercutting there. Uh, You know, carve that out a little bit. Not much, maybe carve it out a 16th to an 18th of an inch. You talk to Glock shooters that shoot a lot, and they talk about Glock knuckle, and that's because their knuckle on that finger tends to get real irritated. Because there's not enough cutout. And so what they do is they undercut the trigger guard. And guess what? Their their glock knuckle problem goes away. And if they're not shooting a glock, then they don't have glock knuckle. So you don't have to worry about it. Okay, that's another tip that I wanted to throw in there. And, and that's pretty much this episode. That's what I wanted to talk about. Hopefully you gained some ideas from this. One more quick thing I want to talk about. Putting... Base plates. Putting extended base plates on your magazine. Generally, that can also help assist you if you have a compact gun. It can help you get a better grip. It can also help you get a better grip with your weak hand. Putting base plates on your magazines. Extended ones. Uh, Like Pierce makes some good ones, for example. So, check that out. You might want to experiment with that as well. That's it, folks. That's about gripping a handgun. Again, please remember to support me on Patreon uh, or support me on the Shooters Club. Become a member of either one of those. Patreon's a little bit more or less expensive, but there's a whole lot more videos on the Shooters Club. Leave me an iTunes or Apple Podcast review if you use that as a method to listen to my show or wherever you listen to me. Please leave a review. The other thing I really could... Uh, need your assistance on is if you like to shop on Amazon go through my store first click on one of the products you might like some of the products in my Amazon store and just click on one of those and go into your Amazon account that way that helps send a little bit of money back towards me and you don't have to spend anything extra so I'd appreciate your support in one of those three ways take care of my sponsors keepersconcealment.com and concealment solutions.com Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. You just listened to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main, your everyday guy talking about guns. Remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.